to Working Smarter, presented by Calabrio, where we discuss contact center industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. We're glad you're joining us to learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. My name is Dave Hookstra, product evangelist for Calabrio, and my guest today, I am very excited to welcome Bryce Ackerman. Now, Bryce and I have known each other for a while. Uh, Bryce is the workforce management consultant at Roche Diagnostics in beautiful Indianapolis. And uh, Bryce and I, like we've, like I said, we've known each other for a little while and we've gotten to know each other. We've become pretty good friends. Uh, our love for all things Ted Lasso, uh, not notwithstanding. Um, and it's really exciting to have Bryce on. Bryce, thanks for joining us today. How are things in Indianapolis today? Dave, things are great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I could say the pleasure is all on this end of the table. So thank you. And I also want to say I love the musical intro. Was that ABBA? It, it is not. Uh, believe it or not, that's uh, that's a uh, custom composition from my daughter's boyfriend. Uh, so he's a, he's a, he's a bit of a music aficionado. So uh, he he was happy to provide me with that. As a matter of fact, it's funny. I was just talking to them about this the other day. He wants to redo it because he did it when he was maybe eighteen years old, and now he wants to completely redo it. And he's like, he, you know how we all go back and look at things in our career. And we say, oh, my gosh, that's so terrible. Why did I ever put that out? Um, he, he feels like that. So <laughs> thanks for the compliment. He'll be happy to hear it. <laughs> well, well, hopefully he won't, uh, he won't mind that I asked if it's ABBA. I love ABBA. Everybody loves ABBA, right? Everybody loves ABBA. The great Swedish uh, <laughs> band from the Eurovision Song Contest. Absolutely. Everybody loves great. ABBA. Uh, Dave, you're great. So... No, thank oh, you. Thanks, buddy. No, I, I, I seriously appreciate thank you. It. Uh, it, it's an honor to be here. You're great for the industry. It's great you're doing this. It's great you're on these podcasts and these conference talks and these webinars because of your personality and your excitement about call center stuff that many people just find boring or workforce management. And there's all these introverts that, that dig into the data. You've got the passion and I'm just excited to be here. So thank you for what you do and thanks for having me. This is awesome. Uh, hey, well, we're glad to have you here too. And I tell you what, if anyone says to my face that call centers are boring, they're going to have a fight on their hands. So <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know what that says about me and you, but uh, you know what? We'll roll with it. Let's have some fun with this. I've so got an ongoing joke. I, I've got, I'm coming up this year is my 30th year high school reunion. And for all of you uh, workforce math majors out there, do the math. 30 yeah. years. And there are a lot of people, if I go to this thing that I really don't, I can't say I'm interested in talking to. So when they ask me what I do for a living, I'm just going to tell them I work in a call center. That's right. And move on. And, uh, and, and, and so that's, that's always where I like to start with our guests is kind of going back in the history. You know, I, I love finding out how people got to where they are. So, uh, you know, kind of roll with me a little bit. How, how did, how did Bryce end up kind of uh, crunching Erlang numbers here. What, what was the what was the path that led you down the workforce management uh, trail? Yeah, so I went to college and got a dual major in uh, forecasting and scheduling and a minor in real-time analysis, like everybody else. <laughs> That's right. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, call not. center you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right, my, my plan, my life plan went exactly how I expected to in college. No, of course not. I started like everybody else on the phones as an agent. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started as a, when I started as a call center agent, it was a really good job. I started as a travel agent. And this was 
2001, I was looking for a job and the company was hiring. They were looking for travel agents. So we had, I was like 35 people in this training class and I loved it. I believe in travel. I was fortunate as a kid, I got to travel a lot. I still travel. So I was passionate about it. And I think anybody who's in any sort of sales job, they can say that find something or, or people who have failed at, uh, at sales jobs, find something that you believe in. So I absolutely believed in travel. My favorite thing was selling all-inclusives. And I had this line, Dave, you'll appreciate this. I had this line, I had a customer on the phone and I, I'd ask them, I'd say, what is it worth to you to not have a worry in the world? And I'd pause. I love that. And, and you could all, almost see them smiling through the phone. And for any of you that are listening that haven't been to an all-inclusive, it's amazing. Right. You don't have a worry in the world. You truly don't. And that's what I was selling. Right. You can go to an all inclusive. If you want to sit on the beach and read all day, if you want to sit on your balcony and stare at the ocean in Cancun all day, you can. If you want to go to the, the pool bar and make friends with everybody and do drinking contests, you can do that and every everything in between. So I love the job. Unfortunately, this was 2001. September 11th happens. And I remember going into the, to the call center on an evening shift and there are probably 30 of us sitting around doing nothing. And once in a while you'd hear a phone ring or hear one of the agents start talking. And I took two calls the entire day, September 11th. One was somebody looking for a hotel room, so that was easy. And the other was a guy that was pricing airline tickets from Baltimore to Dallas, hoping to find a good deal on airline tickets. And I couldn't even fathom how somebody could not only be shopping for an airline ticket, but actually even right. consider flying. And it, it was it was a crazy time. Fortunately, travel back, uh, bounced back. Um, but it in the call center, we got phased out. We were guaranteed jobs in other parts, other parts of the call center, not in travel. I ended up um, two years later in 2003, there was an opening in real-time analysis and workforce management. It just fit, right? So finally got off the phones, found something in real time, and workforce and kind of the rest is history. And, and since then I've done anything and everything in between. Um, I started, as I said, in real time, scheduling, capacity planning, forecasting. I've led big teams, small teams. I've started teams in the back office. I've started teams with the phones. Um, I, I've been a complete workforce management nerd and I could probably say for the past 20 years, 20 years this year, Dave. That's great. That's awesome. And and that's what's always fun. I always have to ask the question, was it was it because you liked Excel? <laughs> that that seems to be that seems to be a very common theme as, as people get into their WFM careers. Well, I think you, you quickly figure it out, right? That Excel right. Excel gives you answers. It's it's a fun tool. And I didn't I didn't really grow up using Excel, but you learn how to use it as a job and then it's like, wow, you this is a good tool. And you figure it out, yeah. so you're exactly right. If you're good in Excel, you find that data part, that introverted part of you that really enjoys it. So yes, it, it was a it was a good fit. I would say honestly, Excel might be the greatest program that has ever been created. Like with the most far-reaching implications across you know the entire world. And and but you know we can argue that for another day. I'll, I'll maybe that's what I'll do my TED talk on. Is is Excel the greatest? Uh, <laughs> greatest program ever created but so uh, tell me a little bit about what you do today uh, sure. what what is what is what is your role with Roche uh, how do you, how do you guys manage through and you know what are some of the things that you guys do uh, especially around workforce management that might uh, make someone go ah I love that 
Yeah, so I, I am a workforce management internal consultant. For, so I work for Roche. I was hired uh, to kind of do all things workforce management. We have a very small team that did not have that workforce management experience. So it was an awesome opportunity. I can honestly, honestly say Roche is the most supportive organization that I've ever worked for. Uh, I might come up with a crazy idea and my boss will say, run with it or see where it goes. Uh, but as far as my role now, it's kind of all things workforce management. It's it's forecasting. I mean, I, I'm in the teleopti tool or the now the new Collabro tool all day, every day. It's forecasting. It's working closely with the scheduler to make sure that works. It's forming relationships with IT operations. This time of year, we're going into budget season. Now it's capacity planning time. So I built the capacity planning models and with a, a lovely Erlang in the model, right? That's absolutely a necessity that we joke about Erlang, but it's such a big part of our business. So it's anything and everything I kind of do workforce management related. I've got that consultant term uh, or title to go with. It gives me a little leeway to look into other things as well, which I love to do. I love I love thinking big picture. I love thinking strategically. I love talking to the IT people uh, and thinking, thinking how anything and everything we're doing could affect workforce management. So that's kind of my role now. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, one of the things that we we've talked a lot about you and I just as discussing things and yes, people, we do sit around and talk nerd stuff uh, from time to time. So uh, I'm not I'm not making this up, but, you know, workforce management has such a prominent role in kind of the overall context and experience. And what's funny is, is, you know, when I started in workforce management, kind of around the same time you did, you know, it was you know, we're the command center and we, 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 we kind of rule from on high and, and, you know, edicts come out and, and we, and, but once the, once the phone actually rings, the workforce management role kind of disappeared. Uh, that was back then. And now workforce management has such a large role to play in that. And so what I wanted to talk to you is, you know, looking from a customer experience uh, kind of standpoint, how critical is WFM? How, what What is the change that has happened over the last 15, 20 years that makes customer experience and workforce management go hand in hand? So I think that in a lot of ways, the operations teams are ahead of us. And there are some, there are some workforce management teams that are doing a good job and with schedules, for example, and talking to our frontline agents about schedules and what they're willing to work. And I think that's something where a lot of us really need to improve on. And I'll, I'll kind of give you an example is operations leaders, they're good at reaching out to their people, talking to their people. During the pandemic, they, they really talked to them, found out what was bothering them or what was going well. And they made it a point to do that. Workforce management's always been a challenge for me, reaching out to the frontline staff because every company I've ever worked for, there's been this rule whether written or unwritten, that the frontline agents cannot contact workforce management directly. And think about that. These call center agents are so important. Without them, we don't have a job. Workforce management, mm -hmm. schedulers, forecasters, capacity planners, we don't have a job. Finance, um, accounting, reporting, anybody who supports the contact center doesn't have a job without these frontline agents. So it just shows how important they are. And we need to do a better job at bringing them into our conversations. And workforce management's off, off in the schedules. But I'll give you an example. The first company I worked with, 
worked for, we had a group called Bridge Backups, which the bridge was kind of like a, a real-time center, right? Or like a bridge okay. of a ship where we would bring in real-time backups to assist when somebody was uh, in real-time was on a project or on vacation. So people directly off the phones would come in, learn real-time analysis, workforce management, and they would assist. And they were kind of amazed at first uh, on how much we did. And they'd say, I had no, no idea what you guys did. Um, it's nice to see the big picture. You can monitor all these call cues and really see that. And I think that was a really good example of how we can bring in our frontline agents to see what we do, to really start a conversation. And I think it goes both ways. As you had a, you had a company on a webinar a while back with Calabrio talking about how every six months, everybody in a support role has to go and listen or sit with an agent, a frontline agent, and listen to calls. Yep. And I thought it was a great idea because that's something we lose sight of, right? We forget where we came from and it's so important and you're gonna guarantee learn something sitting with, with that frontline agent, but you're also gonna gain their appreciation and their understanding. You're gonna start a conversation. So as far as, none of us are gonna argue how import, important that that EX is, that employee experience and the impact it's gonna have on CX, right? The customer experience. So I guess what I'm saying is we can do better in workforce management because oftentimes when when a, a team of agents come out of training, what typically happens is a workforce management person goes in, does a 45-minute seminar or webinar, I should say, on how to submit schedule changes or how to request vacation or sign up for overtime or VTO. They're going to retain about a third of it, and then we tell them, Talk, talk to your lead or supervisor if you have any questions. And we really cut them out. So the challenges I think for workforce management professionals, again, some are doing this better than others. We've all got a lot to learn is how to bring them in, right? How to just start right. those conversations. And it could be as simple as, look, this is what we do. And I've seen it work really well in, in organizations. This is what we do. Now show us what you do. And if you can find that person in the call center that's that influencer or that has the voice and bring them in, a really nice place to start. Yeah, I used to do that a lot with, uh, you know, and it was funny how I think I realized the importance of taking someone off the phones, even for an hour and showing them some, kind of what goes on behind the scenes because those mm -hmm. people go back and then they go, you guys are going to like, did you know that this and that? And this? I remember my biggest fight though, was <laughs> getting management to allow me to take that person off the phone. Cause you, you, you know, you have, well, it's like one person off the phone for an hour and our service level is destroyed. I'm like, guys, that's what I've been trying to tell you for sure. like six months now. Uh, we need a couple more people here, but that's not, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but it was always amazing. I think that eye opening moment of, wow, this is what you guys do over here. Like, you're not just sitting there clicking deny on my absence requests. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, <laughs> right. that, that's, that's, that's kind of what people think that we do a lot of times. And the more you can open eyes to that, it also, the, the key thing for me has always been that they now understand why the answer has to be no sometimes, or mm -hmm. they understand why schedules are built the way they are, or mm -hmm. they understand why we go into panic mode when the calls and queue shoot up. And there's nothing quite like having an agent look at the real time screen. And when they look at it and say, 
where in the heck is so-and-so and why isn't so-and-so on the phones? You're like, see, that's, that's, that's why we do that. I mean, you're, you're, you're literally seeing in real time why we go on the rampage and try to find people and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it's actually a really, really fun thing to do. The hard part for me has always been trying to get that official shadow program off the ground because you know management doesn't always see the the benefits sometimes but that's our job is to teach them how to do it and so yeah it's uh I think it's great. And, and it's, if you guys are doing that, we, we recommend that anybody out there listening, and it doesn't have to be workforce management. It can be QM. It can be analytics. It can be anything. It literally doesn't have to be contact centers. If you had the ability to take your frontline employees behind the curtain a little bit mm-hmm. and let them see how the machines work, they're going to usually come back and perform their job better because they now understand the implications of what they're doing. And that's such a key part. So I think that's great and and love that you guys are doing that and you want to continue to do it and we want to encourage others to do it. Yeah, I think it's, now, a, I think it's an excellent point, oh, Dave. And I, I was just going to say, uh, you, you made a, you were right when you said to, to, to talk to operations management and, and to get that approved or talk them into it because there's not always that ROI, right? Or the, the where they don't see the benefit. They just see the impact right. to the service level. So I think that's where the challenge is. And I, I once had a manager that told me to get further in my career that I needed to speak up more in meetings. But it's funny, this meeting that he was referring to, it was, you'd have all workforce management in there and you'd have all of operations. And it was typically the director of operations and the director of um, uh, reporting and workforce management talking the entire time, trying to show how much they knew. And the little people in the room didn't get a chance to talk. And what I didn't know at the time that I didn't really understand that I just saw it as, no, I'm not going to talk. It's pointless. It's just a couple of big egos in this meeting. What my boss was trying to tell me was to form those relationships. And those mm-hmm. often come outside of the meetings. And it's more challenging now because we are we are all, for the most part, virtual. But you really have to make an effort now, where in the past, it might have been easier to walk up to somebody's desk. Now it's, let's talk. Can you chat for five minutes? Or, or put time on the calendar, talk to those operations leaders, and just start a conversation. Yeah, it's exhausting being remote all the time. I'm, I'm remote all the time, and the, the, the level of effort that you have to put forth to build those relationships can be daunting at best sometimes. And so, but you got to do it. You, you have to do it. And especially if you're in a situation where, you know, you're newer in, in what you're doing, uh, hopefully you're not running into people that are going to stonewall you, but it does happen. But you, sometimes you got to, you got to locate who, who's that person? Who's that one that's going to get me the in? Who's going to really open up my doors here? And yeah, I, I'm tired just thinking about it. Uh, and you're, but and it, you're it, an extrovert. It does work. I, I, yes, being an extrovert that works remotely is, is a unique set of challenges all on its own. Good. <laughs> I, I, I'm, when, I, when I do get into the office at Calabrio, everybody's like, slow it down, Dave. Relax <laughs> just a minute here because uh, you know, I'm just so excited to see everybody and I want to go talk to everybody. They're like, we have work to do, Dave. Stop. But that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, I think it's okay. I, I mentioned you're an extrovert because in workforce management, what would you say? 80 plus percent of us are introverts. It's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, and that's where the challenge is. I'm an introvert, 
But um, I, I make this joke that I took that Myers-Briggs test years ago. I was right on the line, right? But I'm on the introverted side. I make this joke, one glass of wine, one beer. Oh, then it's all the way on to the other side, to the extroverted side. But yeah, I'm the one that, especially in the winter months when it's gray in the Midwest, I just want to read a book and not be bothered and not talk to anybody. So that's really a challenge. And I know there's listeners out there in workforce management or quality who are or reporting that are those introverts. And that is tough right? Mm -hmm. Because you have to push through it. I'll give you a really good book recommendation. And it's called actually two of them by an author called Seth Godin. And one's called The Dip. And the other and, and we'll start with the with the dip first. And basically, what he says is we all start in jobs. And we, we start our job, we're hungry. And we're curious, as you like to say, and we ask questions. And we, uh, we talk to people that have been in a company for years and years and years. And they're in something called the dip that they can't get out of, they just kind of come in, do their jobs, um, and and just go through the motions almost. And he basically says the biggest, the best, the brightest, the CEOs, push through that dip. They made an effort to talk to people, to make uh, contacts internally, externally, to constantly be making those, those, um, those contacts with people, to learn, to constantly be challenging them, themselves. And the other book he wrote is called The Lynchpin, which is fantastic. If there are any readers out there, it'll slap you in your face and tell you, you need to do more. You need to get involved. You need to make those connections. So both, both books are, are short to the point. They're excellent for introverts like myself who need a little motivation uh, to get out there and, and really make those connections. So it's, I would highly recommend those those books if you're a reader. Yeah. Uh, so The Dip and The Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Correct. Got it. Uh, G-O-D-I-N, if I'm not mistaken. Got it. Yep. Okay. So great, great uh, book reviews uh, that w <laughs> definitely, I saw your presentation at SWPP where you mentioned those as well. They're on my list. Haven't gotten to them yet, but I'm still working through my schlocky science fiction novel at the moment. So uh, <laughs> we nerdy sides, right? That's right. Like, yeah. like to read or watch or podcast. I, I totally get that. Absolutely. So what are the other questions I wanted to ask you? And you and I talked a little bit about this is, you know, over the course of uh, the last 20 years, we've both had the opportunity to see what kind of uh, ideas spring forth out of people when we're talking about workforce management. And one of those things is, you know, those myths, those those urban legends about workforce management. So I'm interested from your perspective, um, you know, what are what are some of the, the myths that you've seen that maybe need to be disputed? And then what are some of the myths that you see? There's actually some kernel of truth in there. <laughs> so I, I, I've thought of one that you're going to appreciate that's a myth. And that is the software will run itself. <laughs> and Don't even and, get me started. Don't, but you know what's funny, Dave? And I, I, it's something I think it's happened in the past few years is with this pandemic. Something's happened with the pandemic where people have gotten real. And, and gotten honest. And I've noticed just from talking with vendors over the past few years, that now you hear, you hear that the software is not going to run itself. But that was a myth for so many years. I have a job because the software doesn't run itself. So I appreciate that people that have been in workforce management, they know this, right? But it has been a myth and myth for years that's starting to change. Fortunately, for companies like Calabria that are saying, look, you're going to need somebody to either work with this, administer this, you're going to need a data analyst, or some sort of analyst to get the most out of it. And, and that's come a long, long way. And I, I think when you say don't get me started i'm sure you've heard you've heard i can just guess where you've sold we've sold your software and it doesn't run itself 
and people are frustrated. And that's got to be tough because it really does take uh, a workforce person or a data person to work with us. It does. And, you know, we as much as we'd love to tout, you know, AI and, and the different things, and there are certain elements of that that we want it to we want it to do things for us and unfortunately so here's here's the problem right if you're running your workforce management from an excel spreadsheet and you move to a a software solution there are so many things it does do for you you're like wow this is amazing i think this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life look at how much less work i have to do to get to the answers that used to take forever sure and then there's the next level of now that it's well, now we've automated a ton of this stuff you mean to tell me i still have to go in and do this work and you know it usually there's there's almost like a, a before and an after persona in in learning how to use a software solution you know and it, it's not just workforce management it's not just call centers i mean it's sure. you know look at an iphone it's like people who grow up using an iPhone have this expectation that it should, 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 should. But for those of us who grew up even, even without cell phones and then moved to the kind of the flip phone, it's like, Oh my gosh, you, I think, I don't think you appreciate what this amazing piece of glass plastic and silicone is doing for us mm -hmm. that we used to not be able to do. And so there's a, there's a definite kind of a awakening that happens. So I think that's a great one, right? The, the software does things and it automates a lot, but there's still there's still that human element, right? We talk about the art and the science of forecasting. We're still responsible for the art part, right? Absolutely. It's 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 still what we're trying to do. So yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, you talked on when you were on the uh, We WFM podcast. You talked about that, right? About how it's like a garden. I thought it was, I thought it was just a great uh, great comparison, right? How you do have to nurture your garden typical with a forecast or your schedules or the software you're using it's absolutely necessary yeah there's so many great analogies in the garden metaphor because you know you can you could there's so many things have you ever tried to do a garden it's really hard, hard. <laughs> there's just a lot of work <laughs> yeah i know just just getting out there doing the basics is hard but to do it really well it's like oh my gosh you know there's a reason that people go to college for this stuff is because there's so much about it and i mean i mean i'm just over here trying to make my yard grow in the summer and and it's insane so that's why i, I thought, like that particular analogy it's great and, and i thought about when you were talking about forecasting when i was at your conference in the fall shane on your team talked about this is a great term i loved it he said don't snorkel in the forecast and there were times where I found myself scuba diving in the forecast because you can do it, right? But that's not always the best way. It's his point was find the find the way for the software to work for you. And I thought it made perfect sense. And that's a challenge just getting there because a collaborative software, like I would imagine any software, is not created for one exact company with one very, very specific needs. That's something I've learned, and we could call it a myth as well over the years, is that not every company's the same, right? And you, we are different and we have to make the software work for ourselves and it's not always easy. I also say the best part and the worst part about a contact center is all the data. It's amazing, but then it's tough. So yep. just working working through those myths and working through all the data, it's time. What we do is, is not easy, but it's fun, it's challenging, and it's super rewarding. 
yeah and i can't wait to uh see shane's linkedin where it has don't snorkel in the forecast as the quote <laughs> underneath his uh underneath his picture that's that's awesome and and i think that's a great analogy right you gotta you you have to learn to like embrace yourself right sometimes you have to get your hands dirty in the data you sometimes you you're just not going to be able to kind of ride on high and then have all the answers just appear in front of you um and you know you talked in your session at swpp a lot about curiosity and I've talked about curiosity a lot. And unfortunately, curiosity is not necessarily something you can instill in someone, but it's certainly a trait that you can find in people when it, when it comes to what we do. And, you know, again, it doesn't matter if we're talking WFM or we're talking about, you know, the uh, a programmer or, you know, someone who's trying to build an architect. Curiosity is just an absolutely critical trait when it comes to succeeding overall in business in my in my estimation it's probably the number one thing that i've found to that equates to a level of success would you agree yeah i would agree the tough the tough part for for um, us introverts right is staying curious because Mm -hmm. we can all go into a job like i talked about or uh, seth godin talked about the dip where we're hungry and we're curious from the start and i and i like to say if you show up every week like it's your first week on the job well, then you're curious because you're asking questions, you're challenging the status quo, you're pushing the envelope, all that fun stuff, right? Where you're making the job fun, but you're showing you're you're showing your boss you're interested, you're 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 doing good things for yourself, but you're doing great things for your department, your company as well. If you're staying curious, because I think that's that's so so important to stay curious and to stay engaged. So absolutely agree. Yeah, if you have good leadership, the best thing you can do is kind of open those doors yes. that, uh, that, 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 and I will say I've seen bad situations where you don't have good leadership. Opening those doors can cause you more problems. And that's probably a reason a lot of people get burned and don't show that initiative later on in their careers because they have been burned. But if you can sit there and say, you know what, I think my boss is actually really great and would be responsive to this. Those yes. are the kind of doors that we, we kind of recommend you open. So it's, it's okay. Uh- Fortunately, sorry, I know we got a little sidetracked, but I, okay. it's, so, it's so fun. I'm so passionate like you are talking about workforce management. So the company I work for, my boss is great because she allows me to run with ideas. And there's, I'm going to give you another recommendation for a book for any readers. It's called Prime to Perform. And I learned this from Nate Brown. You had Nate Brown on a, a while back. But Nate's that character who shows up at the conferences with the crazy clothes and the hat and the big red beard. And he's, he had a really good recommendation. This book, Prime to Perform, basically says that for all the leaders out there, give your team time to play. And he wasn't, the authors weren't talking about the Xbox in the break room, though I talked about this as well. This company I worked for (laughs) had an Xbox in the break room, and it was amazing because all my friends at Workforce, we'd go out and play on the Xbox on every break, and I guaranteed we were out of schedule adherence because we were playing more than our 15-minute break. But that didn't make us like our jobs more. What they talk about in the book is playtime is time to do more than just schedule or just forecast or just do real time. It's pushing yourself to find things that can influence all those things, that making connections with people or contacts or building on that and doing more 
finding more, challenging yourself, challenging your company, challenging your department that can absolutely have an impact on workforce management. So there's just huge, huge opportunities. And I think that's tough, whether you're in quality or workforce management or reporting, is to push through the everyday grind and find things. Because I guarantee you in workforce management, you're going to find things. Actually, every conversation probably happening right now with leadership or with IT is going to impact staffing, which means it's going to impact workforce management. So why not push yourself out there, put put yourself out there and get involved in those conversations. And show people that it matters, right? Teach people, educate them why what we do matters. Because I mean, you know, if, if, somebody asks you what you do for a living, Bryce, do you tell them you do workforce management in a contact center? No, of course not. Nobody knows what that is, right? We, we have to explain it. But when you, when you, when you kind of work through that, people go, huh? Okay. I didn't realize that was a thing, but it sounds super important. You're like, you're darn right. It is. That's exactly what I've I've been trying to tell everybody for all my life is it's super important. (laughs) You're exactly right. Okay. So I want to try something new with you. We, we're going okay. to uh, we're go, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try something uh, on the podcast here that we haven't done before. I, I'd like to call it the call center lifer lightning round. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna I'm gonna throw some questions at you, and uh, you know, answer answer in uh, as much uh, as much or as little as you need to. But uh, we, uh, we 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 like it. Now, unfortunately, you already stole the first question that oh. I had. Right which is but it's okay the first question was have you ever worn the headset and if so what was your first agent job so we know the answer to that question is yes and you were you were you're trained as a travel agent and uh that's that's fantastic and so that kind of leads to the the second question right um so what is your favorite kpi you know it was service level but you gave a great talk at the Society of Workforce Planning Professionals, the SWPP, which I I thought was amazing, Dave. And you talked about 80% versus 79% and the difference 80% is a B in people's minds and 79% is a C. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've come around. It was, I'm still trying to find the new KPI that might be my favorite. It's been service level for years, but I think you really opened my eyes to that. And I think it's important for people to realize that. And I don't know if you want to elaborate a, a little, but you kind of talked about how nowadays the, that service level should be used for staffing and not, not necessarily um, scoring customer experience, right? Right. Uh, because, I mean, it, it worked great back in the 90s and the early 2000s when the only data we really had was how long did it take us to answer the phone that that to me was you know that's basically that was the measure of customer experience was did we did we start the inquiry fast enough for your liking it's no longer about that uh, you know i've heard you talk about this is that you know I'll, I'll wait for an hour if it's really important to me and I don't mm-hmm. care how long it takes to get this question answered. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really become much more about what happens during the call than how long it takes us to get to the call. Service level is a really good measure of did we did we prepare the center for what, what needed to happen uh, to get the phone call answered or the chat answered. But it has no bearing whatsoever. I mean, there was nothing quite like seeing a report that says, yeah, we did really well for service level over the last, you know, six months. But our 
our stock price has tanked because all sure. of our customer service agents are terrible, right? That exactly. that that doesn't equate. So it's I okay. Think, you can have you can have different KPI well, favorites if you right, want. Well, coming around, right? I got to figure out that next one. But I even I even talked to to my leadership team when I came back from SWPP, and we talked about it. Um, about with all, with all this new AI software coming out there and ways to measure the customer experience, is service level really the best? So I think we're all kind of adapting or thinking through it, but I, I think it was a really good talk. I'm glad you brought it up, and I think it definitely had an impact. Good. All right. So putting the lightning back in the lightning round. What was the <laughs> moment that What was the moment that you said in this your, your career? I like this. This is good. The easy answer is as soon as I got off the phones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's all it takes. That's the easy answer when it's like you're sitting down and like, uh, analyze some data. And that was fun, right? Like, all right, what, what the heck is happening here? And analyzing some data. But I talked about it earlier is with, with my current company with Roche and just and, and I'm allowed that playtime and allowed to do things. Things are fun now, right? And, and things haven't always been fun. But Dave, when, when we were at Customer Contact Week a year ago and you look through all the stuff that's happening and the craziness, that's another point where I just realized the whole world is blowing up and this is fun, right? Yeah. The potential for contact centers is absolutely amazing. So early on, yes, but now I'm, now I'm in this, this zone where, where, the, where the job is just fun because of Good. everything happening. Good. Okay. So uh, here's, here's the next, here's the, the bummer question. What's the biggest mistake that you've made in your career that others can learn from? Oh, um, no one has time to walk away. And I'll, I'll tell you a story. Um, Cause this has happened to me a, a couple of times is I was working for a company that I was very loyal to. I was so loyal to that. I left the company for nine months and went back to them. And I, I, I brought in, uh, priority skilling to a back office team. And we had an ROI that was in the millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it was a hugely successful pilot. And we wanted to implement it, or at least my team wanted to implement it. Again, millions of dollars of, in savings. And we absolutely got resistance every step of the way from operations, from the lowest level supervisor up to the highest level of the organization. Even though there was a huge ROI and potential with that priority skilling uh, piece. And then I think it was six months later, I got laid off. We had merged with another company. And that would be what I would say is be aware of your surroundings, see what's happening, find a company that will absolutely appreciate you. So that's my tip is just step back for a minute, analyze the situation as any good workforce person does. And don't be afraid to walk away and, and know when it's time to leave. And especially in this day and age with everybody, many people, I should say, working remotely, there are tons of opportunities out there. Fantastic. Okay. What now we'll end on a positive. The last question in the lightning round, who's the, who is the person that has had the most positive impact on your career? Um, I, I think there have been many, but I once worked for a vice president. I was at this company for a very small time, and she challenged me without telling me what to do. And a couple of examples is, uh, or I had to manage, uh, she told me I had to manage a project. I was on the job about two weeks, and I need you to be the workforce management expert, and I also need you to manage a project, which is bring on a third-party BPO or a third-party vendor. And I never really managed a project before. 
So I show up at the meeting and she's like, great, what's your, um, uh, where's your project plan? And I didn't even know what a project plan was. Where's your Gantt chart? Exactly. But <laughs> yes. you know what, Dave? I learned very fast. I did not fake it till I made it, which I hate that term. No, I went out there and I and I Googled it, how to manage a project. I was watching YouTube videos. I was talking to a project manager on the team um, to, to learn how to properly manage a project. And then nine months later, uh, we, we met the deadline. We met the goal on budget and successfully brought that project to uh, in on deadline. So what I would say is she was probably the most influential because she challenged me and forced me to learn without just telling me what to do. And that was huge. That's awesome. Yeah. That, and that's great. That's why I like to ask that question because there's always those kind of, uh, those linchpin moments that, uh, that, 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 that keep us going. All right. So my part is officially done. Now you said you had a couple questions you wanted to throw at me and I want to give yes. you the opportunity. I, I, I would be a poor podcast host if I didn't give my guests what they asked for. So <laughs> first I did, I didn't get a chance to congratulate you on your win at, at Customer T Contact Week. So congrats to you and Calabria. Yes, that. thank you. We won the Workforce Innovator of the Year Award, which is great. Like when it's nice when you try to do something in that space and, and it actually gets recognized. So thank you. Absolutely, yeah. Our, one of our sister companies, Genentech, won the award for uh, their channel ops department, won the award for small call center. So it's a nice it's a nice uh, award. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to, to Genentech. Sorry. Yes. Uh, just, I just saw it that so I, I saw Calabrio come up <laughs> multiple times on LinkedIn so I'm really happy for you guys also um, podcast what do you listen to when you're not listening to yourself on your own podcast what do you like to do or what do you like to listen to so I my favorite podcast is a uh, podcast done by Dana Carvey and David Spade uh, it's called fly on the wall and they basically uh, invite people in and around the Saturday Night Live universe um, and talk to them, right? And I have loved Saturday Night Live since, uh, you know, so as long as I can remember, going back to the very early days. You know, everybody has their favorite cast in SNL, and mine was the right when Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were at their peak with Wayne's World and, uh, you know, the church lady. And, you know, that era, right as Adam Sandler started to come in. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, the huge part of my life. And so they, they have fantastic guests and they come and they talk about SNL and they, they, they do that a lot. Um, I, it's funny because, because I work from home. I don't get as much podcast time as I think a lot of other people do. Uh, I don't, I don't get a ton of uh, time to sit around and listen to podcasts. So to be honest, if I'm being perfectly, most of the podcasts I listen to are just replays of the segments from my local sports radio station <laughs> where they talk about the Cowboys and the Rangers and the stars. So, sure. uh, but from an educational standpoint, I do try to listen to, um, there's a couple marketing style podcasts that are out there. I'd be remiss in telling you the name because I don't have them off the top of my head, but it's mostly just SNL and sports talk radio, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing. And uh, it's I, I totally know it can relate to what you're saying when you are working from home. You don't have that drive time, right? No, um, I don't. To, I, to barely, I barely drive the car ever. <laughs> sure. Okay, uh, I've got one more. Okay. And it's, you're going to have to be a bit vulnerable here, maybe. So All right, please. You and I were talking a while back, and, and you told me your father passed away. My father passed away as well about 10 years ago. So I was, I was thinking about that, and our, our parents leave something to us, often good and bad, 
but I want you to think about something good that your father either left you or a message or a time that you can think back to that really had a good influence on you um, or positive influence on you and, and wondered if you could share that, whether he told yeah. you something or, no, or, share, or did something by example. What a, what a great question. Um, so what's interesting, you know, for those of you that might not be aware, my role at Calabrio is product evangelist. And my dad was an actual preacher uh, back in many, many years ago. And so uh, I spent more time in church from the age of zero to 10 than most people have in their entire lives. <laughs> we lived in the parsonage right next door to the church. Um, you know, I had to go to, I was at the church every day uh, for various reasons, whether it was the youth activities and things like that. And the one thing that I got to do is watch my dad preach a lot. And his, I can promise you when you see me up uh, giving a presentation or on stage talking, um, all of my mannerisms, my cadence, my presentation style, every the, the pauses, the breath between the words, that all comes from my father. Uh, watching him watching him preach the very calm demeanor. And what's really funny is I don't think I realized it until I was in my mid thirties. Uh, I didn't realize that I emulate my dad when it comes to uh, my presentation style and things like that. And so his ability to, uh, to kind of draw you in with the, the spoken word and leave you just in the right position to hear the next next message and the next piece of information. So I definitely, uh, from what he left uh, in his impression on me, has a strong impact in the, the presentation style that that I that I work through, and so in in many ways that I very much emulate my father when it comes to that that presentation style. So just know that if you see me speaking in front of a crowd of people, that uh, you're you're getting a good impression of exactly how my dad did things as well. It's amazing. Thanks for sharing, Dave. I think that there's many of us out there that think you have the coolest job in the industry. So. I do. And I, I love my job and I get to talk to awesome people like you, Bryce. And, uh, you know, it, it sometimes doesn't feel like work. Let's just be honest. But, uh, you know, I, I put in my time. <laughs> we've, we've, we've all we've all had our, uh, our moments where we feel like we're, we're sweating it out in the mines. So uh, it's it's a it's you know, it's a great industry to be in. It's a wonderful uh, organization like Calabrio that really supports doing things like this to externalize the message and uh, yeah like I said I get to work with awesome people like you and and the, the team at Roche and it's really amazing so thank you for the wonderful questions I do appreciate it very much so I think we have we have we've covered all of the main things that I really wanted to talk to you about and so let me be the first to say to you Bryce thank you very much for joining us here on the Working Smarter podcast it's always it's awesome to get to talk to people that know what they're doing and know what they're talking about and I really really do appreciate you spending some time with us and are passionate about so thank you Dave yeah, absolutely. So from me, uh, from the team here at Calabrio, thank you guys for spending some time with us. We had a 
good episode. This is going to be great. I can't wait to get it out there. Um, as always, uh, if you have the if you have the idea that you'd love to be on the Calabrio podcast, send me a note, uh, dave.hookstra at calabrio.com or just uh, email marketing at calabrio.com and let them know you'd like to be on the Calabrio podcast. We're always looking for the next great we're, no, we're always looking for the next Bryce Ackerman to join us on the, on the <laughs> podcast. So um, from me and the Calabrio team, a uh, huge thank you to our listeners in our group that's out there. And Bryce, once again, uh, thanks for joining us. What I always like to do is give our guests the last word. So the, the floor is yours. Uh, let us know whether it's a, a piece of advice or just in something in general. Uh, let us know what's going on. Oh, wow. The general, okay, I'll give you one more tip, and that is find a friend at work that you can bounce ideas off of. And I think that's so important, especially as we're mostly virtual, is to be able to collaborate or talk with somebody. The work we do is often not easy, especially if you're on a small team. So find a friend, make a friend, bounce ideas off that person, and it's only going to help you, that person, your department, and your whole company. Wonderful. All right, Bryce, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody else out there, have a great rest of your day. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Stay cool during the summer here in the in North America. And for the rest of you in the world, we'll be looking forward to seeing you more. Once again, call me if you want to be on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. But from us at the Collaborio team, thank you guys. And uh, keep out there. Keep working smarter. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. 